Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. Welcome into the show. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Please look us up, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. Give Nick some crap on Twitter. He's always a good sport about that kind of thing. Don't be don't be afraid to <laughs> to shout out and comment on Nick's post on Twitter. He will he will go back and forth with you. Um, how's it going, Nick? It's good to be back. My son Julian was born on um, October eighth. I've been away for a couple weeks, figuring out how to change diapers and onesies and bottle feeding and basically just fetching things for my wife whenever she needs it. But I'm also been watching a ton of football. Have I missed anything with the Bills and, and football in general? What have I missed in two weeks? Nope, nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, Ryan, we, we, uh, we, yeah, Ryan, we talked off the air, of course. Congratulations. And uh, Sean McDermott would say that you're trusting the process with, yeah. uh, with the, your, your massive life change going on. I need more <laughs> but, reps and uh, diaper changing. I need more reps. But I'll correct, get there. I'll correct. Get there. correct. You're all in. You're playoff caliber dad right now. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, all the yeah, no, it's, yes, yes, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, we don't we don't want to be a bummer. We we're gonna keep you guys in the hook. Don't worry, we're gonna talk about stuff. But hey, it's been a, it's been the bye week, and it's been a very interesting, very interesting week around the league, it has. to say the least. And I'm gonna throw it right out there now. I won both my parlays this weekend. I already told you about those, Ryan. So I was very tuned into football this weekend, and uh, yeah, around the NFL, a lot going on. Even though the Bills were. Uh, were idle this weekend, not doing very much themselves. Well, I got to say, Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, is a kind of a goofball, and I like to make fun of him a lot. But the fact that the Lions came out doing surprise onside kicks and fake punts and throwing everything they could at the Rams to try to win, I loved it. I know the Rams almost ruined one of your parlays, right? Because the Lions gave them a, a good run for their money. So, um, But yeah, you're right. There was a lot of big favorites and a lot of teams just uh, just won. Not a lot of movement. Not a lot of movement. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, a lot of those, a lot of big favorites last week. A lot of double digits, and uh, yeah, I just put a couple of those together, and you know, picked up my boy Derek Carr and the Raiders. They had me, always believed in them. Um, I just couldn't stomach myself to pick against the Eagles because I picked against them twice this year, and they won both games earlier in the year. And I'm like, this is the time I'm going to show them, and I, did, and I sure did. I love but, it. Uh, but there was a little part of me that's like, all right, I don't, I want to win this parlay, but man, this, these the Lions. Jared Goff, you know, sure it meant something to him that the Lions were saving a lot of their tricks up their sleeves so then he can maybe get a win against the former team, but it didn't go that way. But uh, it, it, that was that was a good game. They did give me a scare. It was entertaining, and and they threw it they threw it at him. But uh, you know, I say that because you do some rankings for the touchdown wire, and I I thought that would be kind of a fun place to start here coming off the bye because. One thing that we have seen over the last two weeks is all kinds of stuff going on in the AFC. Right? It's like this wide open conference right now where, you know, we came into the season, at least I clearly thought it was Chiefs one, Bills two, right? Coming into the season. And then when we did our little show uh, before the Bills played in, in Kansas City, uh, right before my, my son was born, I think you remember, I was all in on the Bills, right? I was saying, this is the time. The Chiefs are vulnerable. You're going to get them this time. That was a very profitable night for me. I bet the Bills money line. I bet every, I bet all over the Bills and they crushed the Chiefs. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Bills are number one. But now things have changed in a couple of weeks, right? Uh, it goes from the Bills being the top team, then they lose to the Titans. So it's like, oh, maybe the Ravens are the best team. But no, no, no. Now 
after the Titans smoked the Chiefs. Now the Titans are the best team after a couple weeks ago. They lose to the Jets somehow, but now it's the Titans, right? So it's like the, the balance of power continues to shift in the AFC, right? It's like the Bills, the Ravens, the Titans. Now we have some dark horses coming in. The Raiders keep winning no matter what crap goes on with their, their team and their front office. And Rich Bisaccia, the special teams coordinator, now the head coach, the interim head coach, they keep winning. And the Bengals look really good, right? They just they just smoked Baltimore last week. So there's all these teams, and all of a sudden, the Bills coming off their bye, I still think they're the best team in the conference, but you're looking up at all four of those teams, right? The Bengals, Raiders, Ravens, and Titans, they're all a half game ahead of you now uh, if you're the Bills. So it's an interesting spot to be. The AFC has gotten really crowded and kind of wide open. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, uh, this reminded me, I had to roll my eyes at a uh, classic Homer take. Sorry, Bills fans, but I saw there was a local local outlet, we'll say, in Western New York that did a little tier game of teams in the AFC. And they only had one team in tier one and happened to be Buffalo. And I was like, how are you going to put the fourth place team in the conference alone in tier one? Everyone else had multiple teams and the Bills were alone. I get it. The Bills look very good. They only lost them. Maybe a slip, maybe one bad QB sneak to the Titans, but they still lost to the Titans. They still have multiple losses on their record. But the Titans, for me, right now, I have them ranked. You, you referenced my power rankings over at Touchdown Wire, uh, Ryan. Appreciate that. We do that every Tuesday. Uh, hopefully, you guys can make it your make it as part of your rounds if you're uh, looking over at the uh, at the power rankings every Tuesday. It's kind of a weekly thing around the NFL media landscape to do the power rankings. But um, yeah, top five teams. I do have all NFC teams, uh, Cardinals, Bucks, Packers, Rams, and then rounding out the top five of the Cowboys, who, of course, were in a bye week with the Bills last week. And I mentioned to you prior to we got on here, uh, Ryan, I kind of not be so – people are so mean to those bye week uh, teams. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, ah, yeah. those those silly. The Bills made the grave error of not playing football on Sunday, so let's drop them three spots at our power rankings. No, no, I left them at seven. They dropped when they lost to the Titans, but they did not drop when they – sat at home and did nothing. That's that's all that's all we'll say on the Bills. But yeah, I got the Bills at number seven. I have the Titans ahead of them. I mean, you got to give the head-to-head, especially after the Titans, the, the way that they handled the Chiefs last week. I mean, woof. What, lots going lots going wrong with the uh, the Chiefs right now and those yeah, turnovers. Yeah, what happened to Kansas City? They're so bad. Yeah, They're so bad. It's not even – I don't want to use the term Super Bowl hangover, but in a sense I do because – the reason why, um, Ryan, is you know, I don't have to explain to you my expert analysis and, and placing very minimal bets that I act like are a million dollars. I did pick the Buccaneers in last year's Super Bowl because I'm like, all right, the, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have his offensive line. He's going to he's this isn't going to work out well. And now that aspect of the Super Bowl hangover seems to be there. I mean, he's he, he, he teams are just they're, they're not worrying about. I think he's not being pressured really at all. Right. And he's still throwing all these picks because teams are either getting to him or he just. He just doesn't want to check it down or anything like that. And, you know, a little, a little surprise growing pain from the, you know, guy who could do nothing wrong and walk on water in Kansas City. What's 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 the river near Kansas City? Missouri River, Mississippi River? Uh, do not pull out the geography <laughs> for me. That's my can, Achilles heel. He can, walk, he can walk on whatever one of those rivers, apparently. You know, Josh Allen could walk on the Niagara River. I can shout out hometown there. But uh, I'm, you just know, proud Patrick of myself. I'm just proud of myself that I can say Kansas City is actually in Missouri. I actually know that. Yeah. So, and I go. have very limited knowledge of my geography, but I actually know that. Look at you go. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, and the Bengals, a huge impressive win. I think that right now, yes, the NFC probably has a lot of the heavyweights, but, um, you know, the, the AFC, it's just so jumbled. I mean, young quarterbacks are coming out. Uh, are, are, 
you know, now the, the sky's falling for Lamar Jackson. Here we go again. Everyone's doubting now because they had one bad game. He's going to do very well again the rest of the year, probably. It's one one loss to the Bengals doesn't make him bad, but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are looking pretty damn good in Cincinnati. That AFC North is going to be a huge factor in the AFC playoff picture. Of course, we had the Chargers, who also had last week off. They didn't even play. Justin Herbert's, I mean, he's great. <laughs> so many great things. And and the team that really nobody was talking about, or we're not talking about at all right now, I got the Cleveland Browns at number 11. All right, they didn't have a great week last week, but that's because half their guys didn't play, and they still won. So, I mean, that's a good sign, right? They did only beat the Broncos, who really only could beat bottom feeders. But, hey, when you're winning games and they're backups, I mean, that's a good sign of depth right there. And now, we're, now I'm at the Raiders at number number 12. As you, and you said, there, no John Gruden's getting in their way. They, they're just cruising right along. Yeah, their two best games of the season, their two highest-scoring games of the season, with Rich Passaccia as the head coach. So go figure that thing. <laughs> so for me, I'm a little more irrational, I think, when I look at the rankings, and I, I push back a little bit here. Now, the win-loss thing, I don't care as much about. Like, I, okay, I have to put this team ahead of this team because their win-loss is better. Because I look at the Titans, and I'm very impressed with their wins over Buffalo and Kansas City. But they still lost to the Jets, and I still don't understand how you could, how you could lose to the Jets. I mean, the Patriots just scored 54 points against the Jets. The Patriots... <laughs> Nick, the Patriots yeah. cannot score 54 points. It's like almost <laughs> impossible for them to do that. And somehow the Jets give up that up to the to the Patriots. So how did the Titans lose to the Jets? I still don't. I mean, so I have to penalize the Titans for that. Um, Fair enough. And the Ravens, I've thought for a long time, and I'm sticking to this take, and I'm not going to give it up. I feel like they're overrated. And they should have lost to the Lions this year. And Justin Tucker kicked this heroic field goal, right? Then, and they barely beat the Chiefs, who aren't aren't that good this year. Now that we're seeing, and they just got smoked by the Bengals. I think the Ravens, they're good, they're fine, they're always there, they're always in the mix. But I feel like we always overrate the Ravens. I still look at the Bills; their point differential is plus one hundred five. It's by far the best in the conference, and I know they beat up on some bad opponents, but still, I don't want to penalize them too much for losing a game in the final seconds to Tennessee because Derrick Henry ran you over, right? Because Derrick Henry's been doing that to everybody. The, the yep. guy's a freaking, he, he's an all-timer, right? I mean, I see the tweets like, we're probably looking at one of the best running backs of all time in Derrick Henry. He is unbelievable. I mean, that burst that in that game when he ran away from the Bills, holy crap. And they said he was running yeah. like 22 miles per hour. It's like, the dude is a freak. And yeah, you got run over by Derrick Henry. A lot of teams are getting run over by Derrick Henry. And you, you were in position to win the game. And if you know Josh Allen doesn't stumble over his feet, you probably do win it. So I don't want to penalize. Them. I still think they're number one in the AFC. I understand if you don't have them number one in your rankings. But I still want to. I don't know. Is this homer status? I don't know. I still want to put the Bills number one in the AFC. I still think they're the best team. And when they go and they beat the crap out of the Dolphins at home this week, the Jags and then the Jets on the road in the next three weeks, and they're seven and two. I think they'll be back on top of the the power rankings across the league. But uh, for me, I still got the Bills number one in the AFC, and I still want to put them in my top five in the NFC. I want to put them ahead of Green Bay or Dallas. I feel like one of those two teams are frauds. And I'm not sure which mm. one yet. Not I'm, I think it's the Packers. The Packers don't have mm. the signature win. They don't have the signature win yet. So I, yeah. I want to put the, I want to squeak the Bills into that top five. Still, I'm still holding on to that, Nick. I'm not letting it go. I think ranking them seventh a little too low for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, it's reverse homerism for you. You don't want to be the homer. You want to make sure you're being objective with the Bills. 
I I do. Yes, that is that is well noted for sure on this podcast. Uh, I even make sure Steve, who shout out Steve, he did a he did a great job filling in us. Hell yeah, uh, thanks Steve. We appreciate you, man. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I I try not to, and, it, it, and it's and it's tough to you know. But even even seven, you know, I'm putting the bills. Put the Bills at seven. Didn't overreact to the Bengals. They got the Bengals behind them. The Ravens are behind them now. The Chargers, I haven't you know gone crazy about yet. And I'm impressed by those teams too. The Chargers have won me money on many a times this year already, folks. And I still have the Bills ahead of them. So you know, stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You know, I'm still picking the Bills over that team. But I, I like the Cowboys. I thought you know I, I know that the they had an interesting uh, win over the uh, Patriots there in their last game. That was. That was something interesting. Uh, that their head coach is a freaking bozo, but go on. That is that is uh, that is actually the, this is I think the first. So for my bye week teams and my power rankings, Ryan, all I write is bye week because I don't want to break down a game that didn't happen. Right. So I just wrote bye week, and I think this is, <laughs> marks the first week of the NFL season I didn't make a note about Mike McCarthy holding the team back in my <laughs> power rankings. Uh, every that's single week, I'm like the thing. Yeah, that's clearly. I'm the like thing. God. I'm like every week he just does something that's like, ugh, or like just, what are you or doing? just penalties or just something that's just dysfunctional that goes back to the head coach, right? Like it's just something the Cowboys are so freaking talented and I love, and I think they're a lot like the bills. Like they have an offense that in on any given Sunday in the playoffs could win you the game because they're just so good and they're so versatile and they could do so many things. And the Cowboys have one of those offenses. They could just win you a game no matter who the yeah. matchup is. But again, it yep. goes back to the head coach. Is he going to screw something up with the clock? Or is the team going to commit 10 penalties for 150 yards? And I know all the Cowboys fans will say that the league's out to get them and the refs are out to get them. But no, it's your team commits double-digit <laughs> penalties every single week. And it comes back to the stupid head coach. Yeah, the only thing that's really that's kind of holding me back on the Bills is their red zone offense. Is they're ranked like 26 or 27 in the league. That was Fair. as of last week. Fair. So that's the one thing. And, you know, now like. Steelers are still looking like a team that's like, how the hell did you lose to that team? Uh, the, the Titans, I can understand. But in both the sense of both teams, and if you look at the Bills' schedule, I mean, you mentioned it, Ryan, they got the Dolphins, they got the Jaguars, they got the Jets. The Bills are going to be flying up the tall rankings <laughs> yep. very soon, folks. Here they Just come. Put on your seatbelt. Um, but uh, the Bills, in the same sense that they should beat those teams, even when they have beaten the Titans, and the Steelers in recent years, and I probably said this in the podcast before, they they do struggle with those teams. The Bills beat the Steelers the past two years, and it was like a touchdown game both times. And I, it, it's just something about those teams. that They they don't exactly have the Bills number, but they, they do play them well. And that's kind of the case in the NFL, what happens. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, Tom Brady used to always play really well against the Bills. <laughs> so, so I, I remember following. I don't know about Bills fans. Yes, yes, so historically good against the, the Bills, <laughs> all teams. And speaking of this upcoming week, uh, Josh Allen does play very well against the Dolphins. So there's there is that. He does, and, and we will get into that, and we'll and we'll get into some other stuff, including the trade deadline. Nick, a couple days away, right? November second, right around the corner. Could the Bills be active? Nick and I will talk about that coming up next. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. I'm Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 8. Let's get right into it. Denver Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater versus the Washington football team. The veteran quarterback gets Jerry Judy back in the lineup this week. Washington's tough to run against, but they're much weaker against tight ends and wideouts. 
With a capable pass-catching tight end in Noah Fant and three deep of legit wide receivers, Bridgewater should find a lot of success in the passing game. The position has averaged a league-high 31.2 fantasy points per game against this defense, and the next closest team, which is Kansas City, has given up only 28. One in every 9.7 completions is a touchdown, and Washington has picked off just one out of every 69 pass attempts. Buffalo Bills running back Zach Moss versus the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo returns from its bye week to face one of the weakest defenses of the running back position. Moss is coming off his worst game of the year with 5.9 PPR points in week 6, so this matchup comes at the perfect time. Miami has allowed a ground score per game on average, and in the last 5 weeks this defense has improved some, giving up neutral stats across the board as its secondary has struggled to contain receivers, but with all of the attention paid to Buffalo's wideouts, Moss should be free to roam inside the red zone. On the other side of this matchup, Jalen Waddle wide receiver Miami Dolphins at Buffalo Bills. The Bills have the strongest defense of wide receivers in the last five weeks, and only one of 46 catches has crossed the stripe. In week two, these teams met for the first time this year, and Waddle, mind you, it was his second game ever, caught six passes for 48 yards. He has at least as many yards in five of seven games this year, and a hearty 21 targets in the last two contests alone. Buffalo will be content to allow Miami to throw a lot of short area passes in effort to keep them from going over the top, and PPR gamers shouldn't be afraid of the statistical matchup. That said, expect a result cap somewhere in the mid-teens for PPR points. Tight end CJ Ozama, Cincinnati Bengals at New York Jets. There's definite risk in stumping for Ozama, even with a wonderful matchup, just because this offense has so many outlets for the football. The Jets have played really well versus wide receivers, which is Cincinnati's strength, but running backs and tight ends have chewed them up. In the past five weeks, New York has looked a lot more like gangrene than gangrene. Tight ends have averaged 18.8 PPR points on the eighth most catches and yards per game. Two of the 30 catches have scored. While it's always a risk that he could get lost in the mix with so many talented weapons around him, the matchup is super bright and Uzama is a worthwhile play. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at typical sportsbook. For a limited time, new typical sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Nick, the uh, NFL trade deadline just just right around the corner. And um, I saw that ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reported that the Bills have been, quote, actively monitoring the cornerback market. So that's interesting, right? They're, they're monitoring the cornerback market, uh, looking for some help in the secondary. I don't think the Bills have a ton of needs, right? But they do have like a surplus of talent on, along the defensive line, right? They have a ton of depth. Maybe they want to move a guy like a veteran guy like Jerry Hughes or, or Mario Addison, right? I mean, if they want to, if, if Fowler's correct and they want to add in the secondary, maybe a guy like Kyle Fuller, who the Broncos added after the Bears cut him loose this offseason. But He's in the doghouse. He played zero snaps in that loss to the Browns last week, and, and the Broncos couldn't stop anybody, and they're benching Kyle Fuller, basically, zero snaps. It's crazy. So what do you think about the deadline? Do you think the Bills will be active? Do you think they could be you know, selling off some of their veteran pieces or maybe trying to add a piece to really hunker down and make this Super Bowl run? Uh, it's tough tough to see at this time uh, just because I, I know they, they could be monitoring. I, I know that report that Jeremy, Jeremy Fowler put out 
Uh, specifically, it sounded almost more like the Bills were monitoring it more in the preseason and more in the summer. I think that they maybe what I surmised from it was maybe the Bills weren't happy with the way Dane Jackson was kind of challenging Levi Walls for that number two spot because, I mean, let's face it, that job was never in any jeopardy. A lot of people had some aspirations for Dane Jackson, but it was Levi Wallace from day one that, that had the number two cornerback spot. But that combined with, okay, Levi Wallace, let's, he, he did have a, a bit of a tough outing against the Titans, you could say. Um, the Bills got in trouble with Derrick Henry, you know, God bless Bills Mafia, where they're complaining, oh, the Bills are pretty good against Derrick Henry if he didn't have that 75-yard touchdown. Well, <laughs> if, Josh, if Josh Allen didn't throw uh, that touchdown, the Bills wouldn't have won the game either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, if you did, oh, if you take the huge play away from the offense, it wouldn't have been as bad. Oh, no way. <laughs> you got run over by Derrick Henry. It's okay <laughs> but, to admit it, right? They, yes, they got run over. You. He's done that thank to a lot you, of teams, Ryan. though. Like, it's fine. He does. He does it very often. He's very good. He's like 200 yards ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly, he's very good, guys. Let yeah. it go. Yeah. But Seriously. you know that number two cornerback spot. Aside from that Titans game, the play action pass, Derrick Henry kind of opened that up. AJ Brown. I mean, the, the Titans. You're not going to see very many one one and twos uh, with Julio Jones and AJ Brown coming at you. And even then, I mean, the Bills were still in that game. The Bills were still in a position to win that game. So. If they're going to look at someone now like Kyle Fuller. I don't know. Maybe if he gets, I I can't see them giving something up for 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 peace right now in their secondary, which is ranked pretty pretty highly. Yep. I mean, a lot of it coming from safeties. Uh, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer are playing fantastic. Both those guys are combining for five interceptions right now through six games, which is pretty good. <laughs> the Bills have a plus eleven turnover differential, leading the league. The last time I checked, I mean, their their point differential is the best in the league. I mean. There's no huge, really, flaws. But by comparison, in that Fowler report, the Bills were mentioned twice. Uh, and as you alluded to, Ryan, it was either they're going to add maybe a defensive back, maybe a cornerback, maybe a, maybe a veteran comes available, where it's kind of like every year where – who just went to the Chiefs recently? Um, Whitney Mercel. Oh, Merciless. Yeah. Merciless, Merciless. Yeah, yeah every, everyone every year just goes to the Chiefs, right? Because they always just like get uh, find a way to add somebody. Maybe that route goes. I can't see the Bills trading to make an addition. Maybe they add someone late, like how like kind of how Shady went to the, the, the Chiefs. But anyways, um, I can see them maybe moving on from a piece along the defensive line, something that opens up another draft pick coming in. I mean, the two names that stick out to me are uh, Harrison Phillips and uh, – uh, Vernon Butler in the middle. Um, they do have a surplus of edge defenders, but a lot of them are young guys. Gary Hughes isn't going to be there for a while, or be there forever, excuse me. So, you know, what are the Bills going to move on from AJ Epinesa because he was inactive one game and Gary Hughes is still there? No, it, Gary Hughes is 12 years in the league now. Epinesa is two years in the league. <laughs> you know, let's let's do the math there. Yep. But so I can see the Bills maybe moving one of those interior defensive linemen. Um, we got something coming up on uh, just a. Not to spoil everyone's plans here on the the or tip our or tip our hand too much on the wire network here, but we're going to be uh, coming up this week. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, we're going to have trade candidates from every team, and uh, my trade candidate from the Bills, uh, which is going to be on Bills Wire, uh, it was Harrison Phillips over Vernon Butler. Younger, he's on the both of them are on one year deals, uh, but Phillips is on the final year of his rookie contract, so comparatively. That's cheaper, and I think he showed a little bit more upside as a true interior defender. Um, Vernon Butler has had, had some ups and downs in his careers. Harrison Phillips, too, man, I feel bad for the guy. Um, he was so, 
so li- and he is so so liked in Buffalo. He's a fan favorite, but um, he was coming out when he in his second year. I think he was a third round pick. Um, in his second year, PFF having him graded as like their second best defensive tackle in the entire NFL at one point, like three games in. Terrence's ACL is not the same sense. So you know, with those injuries, they say it takes a full year to heal. The next year is not going to be 100. percent Oh, this is now the second year after that he should be 100. percent But the Bills added so many bodies to the defensive line that they kind of guess like don't have a spot to let Harrison Phillips prove that he's back. So maybe they can get a mid-round pick for him. Kind of, you know, you trade a third-round pick and get maybe a fourth or fifth rounder. It's not that huge drop-off, you know. Um, and Phillips is a, a liked player. He he still puts some 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 good efforts out there, but kind of that's just where it is with the defensive line. They just kind of stocked it up. And this even um, reminds me of what the Bills did a couple years ago. Uh, I know that you're just a huge Patriots historian, Ryan. Yes. And the Bills and Patriots, I think the last time I would, I would guess this is the last time they made a trade between the two teams when they traded Russell Bodine over to the Patriots, the center. Um, Cause they just, I don't know. I think the Patriots, I assume just had some injuries and he just was not a great center for us. And they traded him to the Patriots. I don't know. But the Bills, the point is the Bills used to, stock their offensive line and the castaways uh you know they ended up uh, getting traded but of course i know um bills fans are gonna gonna love to hear me making a snide tongue-in-cheek comment about brandon bean walking on water but in this uh in this context here they traded a fellow by the name of white teller to the cleveland browns who was named the best offensive guard in the nfl last year so uh Maybe you should have kept that guy for a little bit longer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that, that this restocking of the defensive line, Ryan, I think it's uh, more likely any trade with the Bills. Weirdly enough, the Bills, who in our first segment, your number one team in the AFC, Ryan, I think they Absolutely. might be sellers. They might be sellers. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know, I, yeah. I don't know how that's going to – I know that sounds crazy, but that's just kind of what it's looking like. Yeah, me. well, it's because they don't have a lot of weaknesses, right? And, and yeah, I agree. I, I – Figured it would be somebody along that defensive line. I think I like Harrison Phillips. That sounds good. You, you talk about PFF though. I, I sometimes I wonder if PFF needs to change their algorithm. Like they start telling me Mac Jones is better than Patrick Mahomes. All of a sudden, it's like, come on, guys. Like I know I know Mahomes <laughs> is struggling this year, but don't tell me Mac Jones is a higher grade than Mahomes. Can we like grade that thing on a curve? Like the Super Bowl yeah, MVP I, thing? I, yeah, I, please. There are times where I'll, I'll, I'll write in a PFF type article. Like, I know we got to take them with a grain of salt. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yada, yada, yada. But, I, you know, sometimes it, I roll my true. eyes at those those PFF grades, you know? But, what, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. I just saw that one. That that one stuck with me. It's like, okay, we're going to grade Mac Jones ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Can we, can we please keep it in our pants with the rookie quarterback yeah. in New England? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if I had my wish for the Bills, I would love to see them. I know this would never happen, but like, okay, can we get, we have so much depth on the defensive line. Can we get a little bit of depth on the interior offensive line, right? Because if we're setting up to go to the Super Bowl and play the Bucks with Vita Vea or the Rams with Aaron Donald or one of these teams that, that get pressure up the middle and that, seemed to, that seems to bug uh, Josh Allen a little bit, like I would love to see them stock up on the interior O-line at the deadline. I just don't know if there's a lot of teams out there, Nick, that are going to like sell off good offensive linemen at the trade deadline because... This isn't like other sports, the NFL. We can get geeked up and excited about the deadline all we want on November 2nd, but we know not a lot's going to happen, right? There might be a few moves, but it's not like every team in the league, including the Bills, are going to like make this great move that's going to like spearhead them to a championship. That just doesn't really happen in the NFL. I would love to see the Bills add an interior lineman and add some depth there. I still know like who's going to trade them a good offensive lineman. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 you know the the 
the one thing every team in the NFL is looking for, of course, quarterback. The other thing, good offensive line. Right, right. I mean, yeah, the drop the same from boat. starters to backups. Yeah, every team, every team. Like, no good team in the NFL is like, you know, that number two is really good in our guard spot. No, it's like you're losing offensive linemen. Like, backup is garbage. And if we're comparing buyers or sellers, I think the Bills might rather be a seller. All right. Well, first things first, the Bills have uh, another game with a team they've absolutely owned. And that's the Miami Dolphins. Nick and I will get into that matchup. Maybe make a pick against the spread. We'll do it all coming up next. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bed Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday Night Football matchup with the Dallas Cowboys visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Our friends at Typical Sportsbook have the Cowboys favored one and a half. Uh, the Vikings money line is plus 102. The Cowboys money line is minus 125. The over under is 45 and a half. I am on the Vikings plus the points. Actually, I'm just going to take the Vikings outright as a road dog. In the Zimmer era, they're 10-3 and against the spread as a home underdog. Also, Dallas is 6-0. ATS record is due for some regression. I'm skeptical Dallas' defense is this good, and I like a healthy Minnesota offense to keep pace with the Cowboys. Nate. How do you see the Cowboys-Vikings game playing out? I'm going opposite on you, Jeff. Minnesota has a bottom 10 rush defense. Dallas ranks top three in rush attempts per game. The Cowboys are 5-1 and one and have won four of their last five by six or more. Dak is a surging MVP candidate, and their offense has been on fire. Give me America's team by more than one point. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Nick, Bills playing the Dolphins. Again, the Dolphins, Nick, are a team they always beat. And they beat them 35 to nothing in week two, if people don't remember that. I'm sure they do. Um, they're 13 and a half point favorites on Tipico at home this time around against a Dolphins team that has lost six in a row since they beat my Patriots in week one. <laughs> that loss is looking worse and worse by the week, Nick. The Dolphins have lost to the Jags and now the Falcons most recently. I don't think they're the worst team in football, but they certainly are not good. And the Bills always destroy the Dolphins. And yeah, like you said, uh, Josh Allen loves playing them. So yeah, okay. I'm good with the 13 and a half points in this one. I think the Bills are mad coming off a bye, probably salivating over this team showing up on their schedule again. I would, uh, I would probably back them with the points. I, would, I've, I think they can cover that spread. I honestly, you know me, I'm a little like uh, a little nervous when it comes to these double digit spreads. But I mean, if there if there's a week where I'm pretty confident, it's I mean, the Bills, they're they're on a get right game. They have uh, Josh Allen, who I've joked many a times before in the most serious of ways that this guy hates the Dolphins. Um, I don't know what it is about them, but he just beats them down and the Dolphins just seemingly cannot do a single thing right. What the heck happened in week one, Ryan? How did that game happen? I've been uh, thinking that the Dolphins are number two in the division. I'm going, wow, look at this. Okay, training wheels. Okay. They had the training wheels on Mac Jones, and they really were so conservative. And Damian Harris fumbled at like the 10-yard line late in the game to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's just like the Patriots aren't that good. I mean, 
We are tied with the Chiefs over here. Three and four. We're tied with Kansas City. That's pretty good. I'll take that. If you told me after seven games the Patriots would be tied with the Chiefs, I probably would have taken it. But no, we're three and four, and we've beaten the uh, Jets and Texans. That's it. Patriots aren't that good. Yeah, no, it's that's true. It's, it's, you know, their their wins aren't exactly the the most uh, most impressive. I nope. guess we'll say, but nope. uh, yeah, yeah, this this Dolphins team, I, I would definitely take the points on that one. I think the Bills are just gonna have their way with with. I mean, the Bills, the Bills since that game, their defensive line hasn't looked great against you know some halfway decent offensive lines. But I mean, they just they just beat up on the Dolphins in every possible way. And uh, I just don't, I just don't see this game going any different, especially with the way, especially with the way. Then, and the, if you when once you get that payday, folks, don't thank us. Thank the Titans because <laughs> those are just going to beat down on the Dolphins. Yeah, the Titans. yeah, I think they're mad, and they've had a whole bye week to kind of do that thing. And I think you had some commentary on this, right? Didn't the same thing happen right before the bye week last year? Was that the Kyler Murray game? Yeah, the hail the hail Murray, yeah, which Murray. was which was uh, you know I I I I will make I'm not afraid to make my tongue in cheek comments, but I just did not understand how all of a sudden this year I get it Kyler Murray MVP candidate I get it, but last year he wasn't in the MVP discussion <laughs> at all until he threw up a hail Murray pass against the Bills, and I was like, am I taking crazy pills? This is the most lucky play in all of football, and you're giving him MVP credentials <laughs> after that. Of course, he immediately fell off that pedestal back up there now for good reason this year but uh, come on you, you <laughs> love that uh, play i love getting you going because i could just bring that play up and it gets you fired up i'm just more fired up that like all of a sudden he had an all-star mvp effort against the bills <laughs> by chucking it up and it was just kyler Murphy. at least at least say deandre hopkins is the, is the, is the uh mvp candidate after that play <laughs> not kyler Murray, the guy who just luckily threw it up but uh i digress uh yeah the bills um to your point where you're where i think you're gonna you really, you really wanted me to get at there, Ryan, was that the Bills didn't lose a game after that until the AFC title game. So right, right, they, did, right, right. they did pretty good after a devastating loss going into a bye week last year. Right. And and this loss, um, this that loss against the Titans probably stung. And it's, it's a little bit of a rival. They've, they've seen the Titans in some big games over the last couple of years. So I'm sure they're ready to go. Don't overthink it. If you're betting this spread, I think you, you side with the Bills if it's under 14 points. I think very reasonable against a bad Dolphins team. I guess the question is now, how much credit do we give the Dolphins with Tua Tungo-Viola um, over Jacoby Brissett, right? Because in that first Bills game, Jacoby Brissett came in, Tua got hurt, Brissett played most of the game, he was terrible, <laughs> and that helped the Bills win it 35 nothing. when, you know, if you you remember Josh Allen and the offense, it's not like they lit the world on fire, but they still won 35 to nothing. Um, yeah. So the total on Tipico is 49.5. How much credit do we give Tua? My take here is that it would just be absolutely silly to believe the Bills are going to blank the Dolphins for eight quarters in a row. Yeah. Like odds are that won't happen, right? The, the odds are that the Dolphins will score a couple times in this one. But I still think it could easily be a Bills blowout win with the total staying under 50. So I, I still think the Dolphins might score a few points. I don't think they're going to score a lot. And I like the Bills to score a lot. But I think the total could still stay under 50. So I think 49 and a half, kind of a big number for this game. I don't think the Dolphins will score many points. I think I still lean the under. I think in the first time they played, Nick, I was on the over. And then the 35 nothing happened and it was the under that hit. I think yep. I want to be on the under this time. What do you think? Now, of course, it, it, life is too short to ever bet the under. <laughs> of course. Um, but, but they hit all the time, you know. But they do. But they do. <laughs> and yeah, it, you got to always remember 
it's not just about one team blowing out another team. I'm I'm much more comfortable betting those games when it's obviously the Bills and the Chiefs going head to head, where it's Mahomes and Allen. And you want to give me the seventy point over under? I'm going over, baby. They're going to throw touchdowns all day in that one. No doubt. But in a game like but in a game like this, just think of speaking of the Chiefs. They got blown out last week to the Titans, and it was the over. I don't know what the over under was, but there's 30 points scored in the game, and it was a blowout. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be 50 points for a blowout uh, to happen. If it's one team, they're going to just put it in cruise control uh, in the second half, and it's going to be all she wrote. So the under, I, I would 100% take that under. I'm, I'm, I was actually kind of surprised to hear it was that high. Yeah, 49 and a half feels too high for this game. It's the freaking sure. Dolphins we're talking about. They're not very we're talking good. about the Dolphins, yeah. and we're talking about the the Bills, who really against. Mobile quarterbacks, even Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna compare Tua to Lamar, but in a sense, they both at least comparatively to Jacoby Brissett are mobile because Jacoby Brissett was clearly not mobile in that first game, and he was not mobile for those last couple games that he played. Um, but you know, against a guy who can very much run it in Lamar, the Bills do a pretty good job against him a, a, a couple of times now in the past. You know, you think of the playoffs last year and whatnot, and you know. There's no way that that Tua is going to be such a dual threat quarterback where we're going to threaten a 49, 50 point over under at all in this game. No way. I don't think so. One thing I did like, though, is how you say mobile. I think over here in New England, we call it mobile, mobile quarterback. But you you call it mobile, mobile mobile out there in Western New York, huh? Yeah, yeah. I actually did a couple weeks ago. You know, I woke up, I was half asleep, my coffee didn't hit yet. I saw something from the New York Times that was like, uh, where is your dialect from? And I was like... (laughs) I was like, all right, they're not going to know. I got Buffalo, Rochester, Detroit area. I guess we all talk the same. I was like, geez. They're like, what do you call What do you call these certain things? You know, what do you call soda, soda or pop? I know in Buffalo it's pop. They say pop there. So I knew that, you know, I was like, okay, they got me on that one. But even all the other ones, I was like, God, you know, I do really sound like I'm from Buffalo, <laughs> you, I guess. I, you do. I don't it's, even realize it. It's why it's my favorite part about the podcast is that you do sound like you are just rooted in Western New York and you're just in the yeah. middle of, of – Bills Mafia, and it's great. I uh, know, I know, and it's it, it. Bills fans will listen to this, and they won't hear it. You know, yeah. they're all the same. But we have, uh, I have another podcast that I've talked to you about. It's a Tottenham Hotspur uh, English Premier League soccer podcast. And when you got like these Spaniards and you know these uh, whatever uh, Portuguese guys coming out, I can't pronounce a single name. It's like the joke <laughs> of the podcast. Or I'm yeah. just like I'm too Buffalo to like learn how. To, any other pronunciation it's pretty it's pretty brutal that's that's <laughs> but, tough man but, names are the hardest thing in audio and yeah you talk some of those soccer names forget it yeah forget I it guess, i guess own it i guess own it we make a joke and nick can't pronounce anything just you know <laughs> whatever yeah. me but, trying hey. to pronounce epinesa's name the first time was pretty funny ah uh, yeah epinesa, you, know, yeah. I, you taught uh, me you taught me you know hey, it took me a know, while uh, our, our phonetics in uh, western new york you know you can catch on don't worry right we, we were we were trying to pronounce <laughs> e, and i was trying to pronounce etn all spring too when we were doing the draft ah uh, yes etn yeah, yeah, yeah i i i looking at it it would have to be someone else who had to have said it to me first because uh, <laughs> lord knows i did, i was not the first one to pronounce that yeah I, I, would, I would love to go back in the archives and, and hear what i my first try at that one was i'm sure it was terrible um I, but you know i couldn't couldn't have been far off. But hey, hey, it's it's <laughs> it's good to be back doing podcasts with you, my man. The, the two weeks off were um were were much needed with the baby, of course. But um, I still miss doing the shows, and it's good to be back. And I'm getting ready for um a Bills stretch run. And as I said, once the Bills beat up on the Dolphins, Jags, and Jets, they're going to scoot right up your power rankings, Nick. So you can keep them down at number seven all you want. They're going <laughs> to scoot up. And and honestly, like, are they really a different team now than they will be in three weeks after they beat up on these three teams? No, they're the same team. So. You know, you should just 
You just move them up your rankings right now, preemptively. But no, you won't. You're going to have to wait. <laughs> and in three weeks, I'll, I, I'm going to check back in with you to see where they're at. Yeah, I know. Okay, three weeks. I, I can't. I can't go back on my word now. But uh, at number seven, I already, <laughs> already, already put where were you at eight o'clock this morning, Ryan? But uh, I, I can't go back and change it now. But I, you know, like I said, I agree, and I think a lot of Bills Mafia is going to agree as well. Um, Win or loss, Bills Mafia is going to agree. So, right on. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, me, the Patriots fair. fan, and Bills Mafia being aligned, I like it. That's a good world to be in. <laughs> How about that? So, uh, hey, for Nick Wotan, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We're, it's good to be back. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, leave us a review. Like I said, give Nick crap on Twitter. He loves that kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back to talk to y'all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.